The truth can be scary. The Kate Daly Show starts now. Twenty years later, and they still have no idea what you're about. Tell me in a sentence who you are. I'm nobody. I'm a tramp, a bum, a hobo. I'm a boxcar and a jug of wine. And a straight racer, if you get too close to me. Hi there. Welcome. Yeah, interesting clip, right? Um, That was actually Charles Manson. The late Charles Manson. Um, Welcome to the Kate Daly Show. You know, Fridays, I I like to go in in a lot of different directions. And this Friday is no different. In fact, uh, a lot of people ask me, you know, why I venture into some of these past stories and try and not, not, not try to, but actually connect some dots that were never really formally connected that explain a lot about why we are where we are today. And the reason I do this is because, you know, It's easy to go straight to the headlines, and I could go straight to the headlines. The problem with that is, is that if I do that, we're talking about the very things that I think are some of the biggest distractions of our day. And it kind of guides us away from what history can teach us about why we are where we are today. So I actually think when we go back into history a little bit and look at some of the events of our time and we open that up to connect some dots and some thoughts that that really did not get out into the mainstream that would actually point to a lot of things that were going on in the 60s that tell us a lot about where we are in 2019. I think that it's really important to do that. Because it gives us more context. What we're lacking in today's politics is context and history. Because along the way, I don't think we were, we were told the truth very often. When I say that, I can back that statement up with about 6,500 hours of shows. <laughs> okay? We weren't told the truth. And uh, there's a lot of documentation, not theorizing, to actually back up that claim. So when I delve into history or when I delve into the backstory, it's because I'm trying to open up some thought on a subject that might explain where our intelligence agencies went and jumped the shark, why they've been given so much power, what we didn't know about them. Because when we talk about the 60s and forward, we talk about Americans sort of revolting, right? The big revolt of the 60s. And we talk about all these things. Some of it was manufactured and engineered. Some of it was created. Some of some people were used in, cre- in that creation. We didn't just automatically get there. But we also got there because we weren't told the truth. And I think when you're not told the truth, this is why you saw some uprisings in some places. Some were engineered, but some weren't. When I say engineered, there was a lot of drug testing going on at the time and a lot of programs um, by the intelligence agencies at the time that where where people were sort of thrown out to, say, start a protest. So you have person A who was in a drug program uh, right there in San Francisco. Um, Haight Ashbury uh, was famous for a clinic right there. Uh, I think it was run by David Smith, where they were starting to experiment on drugs and they were starting to. To put that out there as far as uh, a person, person A goes out and all of a sudden we have a protest. Well, people can follow rather blindly or or you can excite people into getting into a protest, right? Because they all want to be part of something at this young age. It didn't necessarily mean that it was an organic start 
to a protest. It means that sometimes people were put into situations to get those things to happen. This is why I go into history a lot, because I, I learn a lot from what, what we've what we've created, what's occurred, what we weren't told about. And there's a lot of now Freedom of Information Act stuff that has come out now that uh, clearly backs up a lot about what I'm about to say on the show in this hour. In the next hour, um, uh, James Hassan, um, on his book, Stand Down, he was just on Tucker Carlson. He'll be talking about the military and how we've made some huge changes in the military that have not been good uh, for our troops. And it comes to that sort of cultural revolution, doesn't it? It's interesting how a lot that we talk about on the show is cultural revolution because of the things that have transpired in the last 50 years specifically. So I want to get to Manson. That was a Manson clip that I played. And when when asked uh, 20 years in, you know, what his, uh, you know, who are you? Does everybody know who you are? And he said, I'm a nobody. I mean, it was creepy, but I'm a nobody. And he actually was a nobody. So why did he end up in this situation where he is part of this this cultural revolution at the time? This is a big, bigger story than I think what people can point to um, or people remember. And let me let me let me introduce the official story to you at the time, because, boy, am I going to connect some dots on this show? And it might be a little mind blowing to tell you the truth, because I don't think people ever put some of this together. Um, July 25th. In the summer of 1969, I don't know where you were at the time, but I'm sure that you followed this story if you were. Uh, he Manson ordered three of his followers: uh, Bobby Busolo, Busole, I can't, I don't know how to pronounce that last name, Mary Brenner, and uh, Susan Atkins to rob a music teacher, Gary Hinman. They tortured him for two days, at which point Manson instructed them by telephone, "You know what to do," and then they stabbed him multiple times and smothered him with a pillow, killed him. Manson told them to leave signs implicating the Black Panthers. So they used uh, Hinman's blood to paint a wall with the words political piggy on the wall. Then on August the 8th, okay, just right after that, about almost 10 days after, Atkins, Patricia Krenwinkel, Linda Casbian, uh, Charles Tex Watson, um, that, that was the guy that led him to live at, over at the Spawn Ranch, that old uh, gun smoke property um, that they lived at um, outside of uh, L.A., left the Manson Commune at Spawn Ranch. Uh, drove for 40 minutes, murdered five people at the Benedict Canyon home of Sharon Tate. The word pig was written on the front door. And then on August 9th, that same group, joined by three other members of the Manson family, went to the Los uh, Feliz home of grocery owner uh, Lino uh, LaBianca and his wife and killed both of them. And the words uh, death to pigs were written on a wall. Okay. The August murders went unsolved until November. The case broke when Atkins, on jail for charges of the Hinman murder, boasted to her cellmate. uh, And then uh, Vincent uh, Bugliosi was assigned to be the prosecutor, and he went to work on the case. And there's also a book written uh, by him as well. The official narrative of JFK's death is that it was brought brought about by a lone assassin. We've talked a lot about the JFK death on the show. Great, uh, the inheritance. Great book if you want to read the details that that were never told on on the JFK assassination. So that was about a lone assassin. But for the Tate Bianca murders, it was a team of assassins that were ordered by a lone orchestrator, which was Manson. The question then is is not who committed the crime, but why? Okay, but really, it is about who committed the crime too, because I'm going to talk about Manson's past. And Manson didn't just. I mean, he ended up in L.A., but there might have been more to that. The other thing that I wanted to talk about, too, 
is that um, that with this, uh, you know, you had the uh, Bucliosi assigned as prosecutor. There was probably a reason for that. And did they know beforehand? Did they know beforehand um, that this was going to happen? Why was Charles Manson arrested a few times and released? Was he part of a program in San Francisco? the very program I cited at the beginning of this hour. So I want to talk about this because it really could describe kind of what's going on in our day and why we're here. And sometimes the Cory Bookers or the Pelosi's or the nonsense of, of Elizabeth Warren or Bernie, oh, heavens, Bernie, or Biden, or, or all of the political things at the time, they're even politicizing Dorian that's coming in, you know, um, Hurricane Dorian. Um there are a lot of distractions, and I, I sometimes getting in the weeds of those I don't think is the healthiest thing that we can do if we can turn back into history. And I'm not talking about conspiracy theory. I'm talking about people that actually uncovered cold, hard facts, the facts that never made it, the facts that never became part of the story that I just told you. And that's what I think is the most important part about this. Did they know beforehand? In 1999... Investigative journalist Tom O'Neill was commissioned to write a story for Premier Magazine marking the 30th anniversary of the Tate LaBanca, uh, LaBianca uh, murders. And that became a tw- that became sort of this 20 year odyssey into Manson and discovering more of the Freedom of Information Act documentation that came out. And then during that documentation about Manson came about. Geez, uh, corrupt, violent prosecutors, drug dealers, celebrities, uh pedophilia, which we're talking about today with Epstein, right? Pedophilia rings that were going on during the time and uh, with Sharon Tate's husband, right? And then also clandestine kind of government drug researchers, secret agents, and of course you have the investigative or the uh, intelligence agencies, okay? That keep cropping up in this story, but why? And I think that that has been part of our history for the last 60 years that would point to so much that's been going on in the last 60 years, but nobody will talk about it. And they won't talk about it on conservative radio. Why? Why? Why do we get in the weeds of these stories that we're supposed to talk about, right, on the cover of Fox and the cover of CNN, but we, but we don't ever talk about this? Why did the, what was it, what was it about the Process Church at the time? Did you know Sammy Davis Jr. was part of that Process Church? And the Process Church was like this, uh, Church of Satan, um, that, uh, originated up there in, in San Francisco. There's a lot to that. There's a lot to their involvement, um, that dropped out of sight after 1974. Why? Why? What happened to them? Um, were they part of the drug rings? Remember the Tom Cruise movie that just came out um, about the Arkansas, you know, um, uh, you know, the Clinton territory, the Clinton territory and the, the things that were going on, the, the drug drops in Arkansas. Uh, what was it? At Mena, Arkansas. So were they were they doing the same drug runs? Was it was it about that? Were there some things that were going on? And what about uh, CIA MK Ultra in the very beginnings, what were they doing? Because they, I know that the CIA loved to make their part about, um, because they had no oversight, remember? But they also liked to make it about foreign affairs. But what were they doing with MK Ultra in the beginning with developing certain people that committed crimes? And what's interesting about this that I'm going to get into was Sirhan Sirhan and the murder of um, JFK's brother um, was that part of the Sharon Tate story. So there was a movie that just came out, Quentin Tarantino. I'm no fan of Tarantino, and that's why I haven't seen the movie yet. It's called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and it's about this whole thing. And there's been a lot of um, uh, back and forth on this movie and, and where Quentin Tarantino goes in on this movie and what he concentrates on, the story he's telling. 
telling. But it's interesting that it's in the news right now. And I always find that kind of interesting. I That's why I kind of got onto this story a little bit and uh, started discovering more that was going on with this. So I'm going to get into that when we come back. But there's a lot of discoveries that can't be ignored. And I mean, it, honestly, there's so much to this story that I don't even know if I'll be able to cover it in just the next two segments of the show. But I think that if you sit back and look at the big picture about where we were in the 60s to where we are now and why, I actually think it's more telling than people will realize as far as involvement, maybe manipulation, maybe um, creation of certain events that led to other events and the pedophilia rings, of course, huge, huge in Hollywood, how they tie into government. We'll be right back on The Kate Daly Show. Hi, this is Dr. Philip Hall, the dentist. I've been serving St. George Community for many years, and I'm excited to announce my new dental office at 335 East St. George Boulevard. You'll enjoy the familiar faces of my staff, Holly, Lisa, Jamie, and Joni. I know there's nothing more valuable than a dentist you've known and trusted. I'll continue to be that dentist for years to come. I'm Dr. Philip Hall, and I am here for you, your family, and friends. Call me today. 435-634-8338. Don't miss Financial Strategies. Saturday at noon on St. George News Radio, 1450 AM and 93.1 FM. Financial Strategies, hosted by Trevor Carlson, will introduce you to the products and professionals that will provide you with the best strategies and tools to live more abundantly. Tune in every Saturday at noon to Financial Strategies, right here on St. George News Radio, 1450 AM and 93.1 FM. Financial Strategies is brought to you by Heritage Reverse Mortgage, an equal housing lender. NMLS number 1497455. Want to participate in stock market gains with zero risk? Join Lyle Boss of Boss Financial, Saturday mornings at 9. On St. George News Radio, 1450. Summer is here and it's hot, hot, hot. Your air conditioner is working hard and may be struggling to keep you cool. Now is the time to upgrade to a new energy-saving Bryant system from Air Care Professionals. Get great savings this month on a new air conditioning system and 0% financing options available with approved credit. Air Care Professionals and Bryant are doing whatever it takes to earn your business. Call now, 628-2423 or visit aircarepros.com today. And thanks for voting us Best of Southern Utah. Have you been struggling with erectile dysfunction? Hi guys, it's Andrew with Wasatch Medical Clinic. There is now a breakthrough and long-lasting fix for erectile dysfunction that does not require medication, injections, or surgery. You heard that right, no more pills. This new treatment is called acoustic wave therapy. It utilizes an FDA-cleared device that is clinically proven to increase blood flow, exactly what you need more of if you have ED. With just a few short treatments in our clinic, you can eliminate erectile dysfunction completely. Call in the next three minutes, and we'll give you the initial doctor's exam, assessment, and blood flow ultrasound totally free. That's a $300 value. Call now, 435-922-7000. That's 435-922-7000. If you have erectile dysfunction and you're sick of the pills, call Wasatch Medical Clinic right now for that free assessment. 
435-922-7000. Hey, Carl Lamar with Newbie Buick reminding you to take advantage of their back-to-school sale going on right now featuring a 2019 Sierra 1500 Summit White Crew Cab Short Box 4-Wheel Drive SLT $13,758 off. Right now it's 41272 Stock number 08686. Choose a 2019 Sierra 2500 HD Ebony Twilight Metallic Color Crew Cab Standard Box 4-Wheel Drive SLT Duramax Turbo Diesel, now $11,629 off, just $56,946. Stock number 08757. Other great deals throughout their inventory, including a 2019 GMC Yukon Denali, Onyx Black and Color, with savings of $10,892. Your final price, $66,328. You cannot beat these prices within hundreds of miles. It's going on right now, the back-to-school sale at Newby Buick GMC, 1629 South Convention Center Drive in St. George. It's time to start the playoffs here at Las Vegas Motor Speedway in the South Point 400. Night, lights, and a fight for the NASCAR championship. Battle for the lead at Vegas, door to door. September 13th through 15th. Harvick to the point now, midway through three and four. Tickets are going fast at LVMS.com. Truex trying to make a pass. Or call 800-644-4444 for the South Point 400 night race weekend. Kyle Busch made contact with the wall here at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Hi, I'm Dr. Matt Hafen with Willow Bend Chiropractic, and I want to help you enjoy a happier and healthier life. Here at Willow Bend, we can help you with all types of acute and chronic pain through cold laser therapy, spinal decompression, and many other types of chiropractic therapy. I'd like to offer anyone suffering from any pain or discomfort the opportunity to come in for a free x-ray and exam and to help put together a plan to get you back on a path to enjoy life. You can live pain-free, and we can help you. Come see me at Willow Bend Chiropractic. Call them at 435-673-0900 or find them at willowbendchiro.com. Miracles occur every day for sick children in our community. I have chronic granulomatous disease, which is an immune deficiency disease. A brain tumor. But they need your help to keep those miracles happening. Matemia. Hi, I'm Freddie. Support courageous children battling life-threatening illness and become a miracle maker today. Learn more and donate at cmnhospitals.org. Thank you. Talk lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. Hi there. Welcome back. Kate Daly Show here. Try to go to the, uh, the stories, the informative content that maybe can describe why we're here. Uh, tr- instead of getting into the weeds of the headline distractions, which are usually that, it's kind of like the I wake up every day going, okay, what does the media want me to concentrate on today? <laughs> That's how it feels anyway. Uh, welcome back to the show. Um, this is an interesting topic for me, and, and usually one I, I, I really don't try to go very dark on a, on a Friday, but... But this will explain some things, and you might have wondered about some of these things in the past, but I am going to go there because this is very interesting and it involves a lot of people. Um, Roman Polanski, and, and uh, who's up in the news again, you know, with the whole Epstein connections and Woody Allen and all of the, the creepy creepies of Hollywood. But 
I, I want to go here before I go. Be well, before I go here, go to katedallyradio.com. This show is on iTunes. It's all over the place. You can find it. katedallyradio.com. You can uh, listen live or on your local channel. Always thank your, your local station for playing this if they do. And also, uh, there's a Balance of Nature on the website as well. And you can go about halfway down. There's a picture of Balance of Nature. Just click on that photo and it'll take you to Balance of Nature. You can get 35% off on their end of the summer sale. Uh, just putting in Kate as the code word when you order. It's a four it's great. There's no fillers. There's no anything in it. I mean, there's no GMO. There's no, I mean, you name it. This product is exactly what it says. It's fruits and vegetables, dehydrated down, capsule form. You're, it, this has been so good. I can't even tell you. And I've loved it. That's why I talk about it on the show. Make sure that you're doing something good for your health. We're about to go into cold and flu season and be indoors a lot more. And I'm telling you, it's worth it. Uh, get this, get this, because it is that good. And and all of the, if you go to Balance of Nature, it describes each product. They're very transparent. You will love it. And uh, and you can try it for 35% off. Just put in the code Kate. Um Okay, so let me let me go into Manson because there's some there's some dots that people never connected on this um, that really do are very very strange. In Helter Skelter, um, Bugliosi, um, who uh, worked on this case, maintained that a misdated warrant prevented this August raid on the Spawn Ranch from yielding any indictments. It was very interesting how Charles Manson was brought in or let go, brought in, let go a couple of times, and the warrant uh, was to be impeccably written. In fact, it wasn't misdated and also revealed that the police had an informant at the ranch. They had an informant there and carried out uh, 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 reconnaissance flights beforehand. And so although that raid that was the largest in California history at that point was that raid on that ranch yielded seven stolen cars, many arsenal, four credit cards dropped out of Manson's own pockets. Uh, No one even contacted his parole officer. And a week later, after that, another arrest, Manson was charged with marijuana possession and then contributing to the delinquency of a minor. When Tom O'Neill embarked on the story in 1999 to try and write the, you know, anniversary story, boy, a lot of freedom of information stuff started coming out on this story. But he was the book that, that he wrote the book Chaos. And he found that, that the deputy DA who signed the order dropping that particular charge, that uh, that guy denied involvement, hung up. I mean, it, it was it was interesting as he kept hitting all these dead roads of, of people that were trying to expose information. Ed Sanders had tried to uh, had traced some of this to the process church. And that was kind of like the Church of Satan, the process church and even some Scientology. And then they they removed that in later editions of uh, his The Family book. And so the deputy DA disclosed that he had orders from above to keep Manson's name out of the uh, Busio uh, Lay's trial a month before Manson was even charged, okay? It was interesting, the the timeline of events, because there might have been some pre-knowledge in what was about to happen, which is very strange, and I'll tell you why, too. Also, uh, Manson actually accused uh, Roman Polanski, actually accused, well, brought up the fact that the murders were done because they were into kitty porn and that there was a lot of parties at Roman Polanski's place and Sharon Tate involved in a lot of different celebrities, a lot of celebrities involved um, into filming uh, some kitty porn, just kind of like the Epstein story where 
where honey traps and, and things might have been going on, too, and filmed information. Um, I mean, yes, it was done because they wanted to do that. But also there were there were tapes that are still under LAPD's uh, control where those tapes involve a lot of people, a lot of people involved in a lot of stuff they wouldn't want to get out. So what was really unsettling about this, too, uh, is what preceded the crime in the Manson murders. In 1967, Manson's San Francisco parole officer was Roger Smith. He was a criminology Ph.D. whose parole responsibilities suddenly dropped from 40 clients to only one. Manson, that was it. Uh Uh-huh. That was two years before. And Manson was repeatedly arrested, and Smith never revoked his parole. Why? Ask yourself that, okay? Because that's documented. Why was his parole never revoked, and why was that his only client? In mid-1968, this was the year I was born, uh, after one arrest made the newspapers, Smith's supervisor tried to step in but was overruled by the head office in Washington, D.C. And then subsequently, Manson, his followers, often visited Roger Smith at the Haight-Ashbury Free Medical Clinic, where Smith was running something called the Amphetamine Research Project a study of this this role that drugs played in psychotic violence. Okay? Let me say that again. After Charles Manson was arrested a year before the Manson murders, okay, that he so you know, that we think he orchestrated, okay? And he did. He visited uh, his followers visited Smith at the Hate Ashbury the Haight-Ashbury Free Medical Clinic, where Smith was running something called the Amphetamine Research Project, a study of the role of drugs played in psychotic violence. And there was a doctor there named Jolly West, a former MK Ultra researcher who specialized in hypnosis and implanting false memories. And West was the doctor, and this all came out in the book Chaos, was the doctor attending, get this, to Jack Ruby, same doctor. Jolly West, okay, same doctor, attended to Jack Ruby where he suffered a psychotic break in his, in his Dallas uh, jail cell before getting that cancer, remember? And then when not in office, West was running a laboratory disguised as a hippie crash pad for research funded by the CIA. Yeah. And so um, were some of these things involved because it has the same people in the CIA's mind control experiments, same people. So that is kind of unsettling, isn't it? That the that the Hate Ashbury Free Medical Clinic um, was running something called the Amphetamine Research Project. All right. So I know it gets uh, it gets a little it gets a little crazy. Let me tell you because when I get into this too, um, Manson um, after he was released from parole for the crimes he committed. Um, was he part of all of these CIA projects? Is this part of why he was released? Is this part of, was he being used? Um, very, very much so. Very, very much so could have been very used by the creation of uh, MK often. And, um, well, there's just so much more to this. What can I say? <laughs> okay. So Charles Manson uh, quit San Francisco and made his way down the coast after after that two years that I just talked about of being involved in, in these programs with a parole officer that never put him back in prison for breaking parole, kind of interesting, was he being used? He goes down, makes his way down the coast, and he hooks up with beach boy uh, Dennis Wilson. And Dennis Wilson set up these recording sessions for him with movie, with producer, I'm sorry, uh, music producer Terry Melcher. Terry Melcher is Doris Day's son. 
So you've got Beach Boy Dennis Wilson. You've got Charles Manson wanting to produce, uh, get, a, get a record produced. And you've got Terry Melcher, who is Doris Day's son. And this, there were some things written in Doris Day's memoirs about, about this very thing, about the house that the murders were committed in and, and, and so forth. And Jimi Hendrix, Neil Young were coming around, and, and there were a lot of people involved in this, in this time. Dennis Wilson from the Beach Boys called Manson the Wizard. And Manson picked up this entourage along the way. They were usually like street kids, uh, kind of easily manipulated, and the hippies, if you, if you will, and financed a gig for himself and what he called this family at the Spawn Movie Ranch. And this is where Hollywood producers used to shoot all these westerns. And that's where Tex uh, comes in to the story as well. He's also uh, still sitting in prison for this and has never talked, never, ever um, exposed uh, anything. But uh, but this is where they also shot the TV show like Gunsmoke. So this ranch suddenly became available for Manson and his followers. Think about that for a moment. Just just wrap your head around that. Why is that? Um. And so his uh, associates, Manson's associates, his San Francisco neighbors, the Process Church of the Final Judgment, that disappeared after 74, but definitely had some direction with this group. Um, and they were basically into some pretty satanic stuff. Uh, they'd open a chapter in Los Angeles right after Manson arrived there. They branched out to Los Angeles. Why? The Process uh, Church, which Sammy Davis Jr. ended up being uh, linked to and, and pictured with and, and uh, liked some of the stuff that they were doing, um, they ended up moving all in the same circles, and they tried to recruit Terry Melcher, Doris Day's son, to their cause. Um, so the process stayed in public view until a few days after Robert Kennedy's assassination in 68, and then they started dropping out of sight, and then in 74 they were gone. But it was kind of interesting that they stayed in public view until after Robert Kennedy's assassination on June 5th, 1968, and then disappeared, more or less. And then um, Sharon Tate got a movie role in a movie uh, right before this in 1965 called Eye of the Devil. And it was, uh, it, was a, it was a kind of more of like a little satanic movie. It was very strange. And then she won the role. Uh, uh, and then, of course, you have these, these different people that won the role of Rosemary's Baby, which Roman Polanski and his wife were, were very much a part of. And so there's a lot there in the Hollywood circles. And in the Hollywood circles, Roman Polanski, you know, was kind of known as a little bit of a sicko at the time and had some of these uh, movies that were being filmed at his house, real sick stuff. And a lot of people involved in going over there. So there were a lot of people on film. And I thought it was interesting that Manson outed the fact that these people needed to be murdered because they were in kiddie porn. It was kind of a strange um, a strange uh, statement from Manson at the time because this was 10 years prior to Roman Polanski fleeing the country for being, um, you know, uh, at the helm of this, you know, the 13-year-old, remember, the whole scandal of why he left the country because he was a uh, total pedo. So anyway, so you also have a lot of people like Jay Sebring, who was the celebrity hairstylist and uh, who was also in this uh, um, murder story. Um, the, the murdered and in Doris Day's story, Terry Melcher, her son was, uh, she was quoted that the murders, this is what Doris Day said. The murders had something to do with the weird film Polanski had made and eventually weird people who were hanging around the house. And I knew they had been making a lot of, uh, um, oh, I'm sorry. This was from Terry Melcher, her son. 
I knew they were making a lot of porno movies and had a lot of Hollywood faces in them and that he had become friends with Michelle Phillips, uh, son of the Mamas and Papas, whose ex-husband, John Phillips, was leader of the group that was hanging out with Polanski. And uh, and Michelle had gone to dinner with Terry Melcher, Doris Day's son, and, and said that she actually went over there and saw a film being uh, uh, made and it made her uncomfortable. So a lot of these people... Um, a lot of these people had been into Satanism or had been associated with some of this going on with the process church and, and everything else. But there's more to the story. When I get back, I want to talk just a little bit about some of these some of these people involved and where that led. It is interesting when you go back and you realize how many people were involved in this at the time. I mean, my gosh, uh, Candace Bergen, I think, was Terry Melcher's girlfriend living at that house, you know, before all those murders took place, living at that house prior to Sharon Tate and Roman Polanski and so forth. It's just so many Hollywood stars uh, involved in this. Be right back on The Kate Daly Show. How would you like to participate in stock market gains with zero risk? Join Lyle Boss of Boss Financial, Friday afternoons at 5 on St. George News Radio, 1450. Have you been struggling with erectile dysfunction? Hi guys, it's Andrew with Wasatch Medical Clinic. There is now a breakthrough and long-lasting fix for erectile dysfunction that does not require medication, injections, or surgery. You heard that right, no more pills. This new treatment is called acoustic wave therapy. It utilizes an FDA-cleared device that is clinically proven to increase blood flow, exactly what you need more of if you have ED. With just a few short treatments in our clinic, you can eliminate erectile dysfunction completely. Call in the next three minutes, and we'll give you the initial doctor's exam, assessment, and blood flow ultrasound totally free. That's a $300 value. Call now, 435-922-7000. That's 435-922-7000. If you have erectile dysfunction and you're sick of the pills, call Wasatch Medical Clinic right now for that free assessment. 435-922-7000. Don't miss out on the active life. On St. George News Radio, 93.1 FM and 1450 AM, KZNU. Every Thursday afternoon from 530 to 6 p.m. The Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life will help you get the most out of your life. The Active Life is all about the senior community, full of motivational stories, inspiring moments, and people who add the gold to the golden years. Tune in every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. to The Active Life, right here on St. George News Radio, 93.1 FM, 1450 AM, KZNU. The Active Life is brought to you by the Huntsman World Senior Games. This is the sound of one person walking. This is another. Imagine the sound of more than 5 million footsteps, one for every American living with Alzheimer's disease. Add in the millions more who feel its effects, and think about the impact we can make when we all walk together to put an end to Alzheimer's for good. Join the Alzheimer's Association Walk to End Alzheimer's today. Register now at alz.org slash walk. Don't miss the Big Purple Party, the Walk to End Alzheimer's, Saturday, September 14th at Dixie State Trailblazer Stadium. Registration starts at 9 a.m. You heard that AWI Networks is the best internet provider in southern Utah, and they provide the best customer service? If you've thought about switching to the award-winning service and support of AWI Networks, now is a great time. Sign up right now and get your second month of service for free. What are you waiting for? Switch today at awinetworks.com. AWI, AWI. Your life is filled with them. Moments. The time you didn't just try. You succeeded. 
The day you weren't sure would ever arrive, but it did. The relationship that didn't just last, but still thrives after all of these years. It's our hope that on your next milestone, you'll have the chance to open a beautiful bronze box that reads Mac and Sons. Inside could be a stunning piece of jewelry, a striking watch, or simply a small reminder that you're still very much in love. We know your life's triumphs cannot be measured in gold or jewelry, but we also know making sure that special moment lasts for the rest of your life is profoundly important. At Mac and Sons, that's what we do. We are the master jewelers, not just for our knowledge, but because of our experience and skill in helping you find the perfect way to canonize life's triumphs. Come to Mac and Sons, the master jewelers on the boulevard at Bluff. Balance of nature, changing the world one life at a time. My skin's a little better and a little more energy. It's all around. It's pretty good stuff. I mean, I'm very skeptical about things. And when I do get something, it better be good or else I won't get it. So if I'm sticking with you this long, that means it's working. I've had a couple of times where I thought I was going to get a cold or the flu or something. And then a day or two later, I'm fine. I never really got sick the whole time that I've been taking Balance of Nature. So it's keeping me healthy. So I'm just going to continue it. Experience the Balance of Nature difference for yourself. To end the summer season, Balance of Nature is offering a 35% discount and free shipping on your first Balance of Nature order. This summer special is ending between now and Labor Day, so don't wait. Call 800-2468-751. That's 800-2468-751. Or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code CANYON. Volunteers of America is a national organization that for over a hundred years has provided programs and services that allow people to overcome their challenges to become vital members of their community. At Volunteers of America, we don't just help people, we help people help themselves. Find out how you can support the programs that are working in your community. Contact Volunteers of America today. Call 1-800-899-0089. Talk lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. Hi there. Welcome back. Little Beatles for you. Yeah. You know, Helter Skelter, um, they were just crazy on drugs. Uh, there was a race war. A lot of themes in the Charles Manson murders. And there, of course, we have this new movie, um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with Quentin Tarantino. I don't like Quentin Tarantino. I don't like, I just don't like him. I don't like his movies. I don't like what he puts out in the world. I haven't seen that movie, but it sure is bringing a lot more attention to these murders. And I think there's more to learn about these murders than everybody really ever thought. There was, there was more about this than people realize as far as Manson being uh, possibly, I'll say allegedly, part of a program in San Francisco where CIA was very prevalent in um, getting a hold of the hippie crowd. You know, Grateful Dead was a kind of a CIA op. I don't know if people realize that, but um, that's pretty well known by now. I'm su- I would be surprised if people didn't realize that. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah, the Grateful Dead, the singing group. 
um, that there were a lot of drugs being perpetrated on people um, to kind of see what they would do and maybe implant some some memories. I know that sounds so conspiracy theorist, but it's really not. This went on for years and years and years. Freedom of Information Act now reveals so much of it, but we still don't like to think that that happened. Right. So we don't we don't like to go there. Cognitive dissonance is alive and well. But the reason I'm tackling this today is because, man, there's a lot in this that even like with the whole Epstein case, just so we all know, the Epstein case is so much bigger than people realize. And they're really trying to direct attention to Dorian, the hurricane, anything else, anything else except Epstein case. They want it to die. So anyway, going back to this, there was the whole race war thing. And. There was one account significantly with a drug dealer. Um, you know, Manson ends up at the Spawn Ranch. Spawn Ranch was a movie, a movie where they filmed Gunsmoke and, and so forth. What, how in the world did he end up there? Why was he able to stay there? You should ask yourself that question. Why was he arrested, arrested, arrested? Um, his parole officer never put him back in prison. And he was part of this Haight-Ashbury Free Clinic where they were doing an amphetamine um, research. They said it was amphetamines. I think it was actually something a lot heavier even, um, where people were given these drugs was he uh, used as an informant is this why um, they might have known what was going to happen before it happened because there's a lot of talk about that there's some documentation about that that they knew that this was going to happen so um, that they were uh, kind of worried about faces being seen or, or things getting out with some of the weird crowds that hung around Polanski at the time but by June, Manson was telling the family that they might have to show blacks, that's how it was phrased, how to start helter-skelter. And when um, when uh, Manson was, uh, you know, tasked Tex Watson, um, who was one of the reasons he ended up at that ranch, that Hollywood ranch, with obtaining money supposedly intended for the help of the family to prepare for this conflict of this race war that was being perpetrated, uh, Watson uh, defrauded a black drug dealer named Bernard uh, uh, lots of Papa Crow. And uh, there was a lot of talk about this person, um, you know, um, maybe uh, a lot of people, you know, attacking uh, this person, threat to wipe out everyone at, at Spawn Ranch. And so they were they were telling people this. And they were also making sure Manson was orchestrating that these people that were listening to him, um, because later on, the people that actually interviewed Manson said, we don't really think he actually believed some of the things he was saying, but the people that he um, influenced did. So the people that committed these murders sure did. And if Helter Skelter was the true motive, okay, if this was supposed to be, you know, their mission to do these things, why did the killings stop after these several, these two weekends of killings? Why did it suddenly stop? Um, if that was true, they would have, man, they would have been hitting a lot of different people, right? For a lot of different reasons. But that's why even there's some documentation that shows that Manson had been casing the property where this happened at the, at where Sharon Tate was that night. And that that house has a serious backdrop of weirdness. Can I just tell you, uh, that property in of itself, um, owned by, uh, you know, a lot of people thought it was a cursed property, which is kind of funny. Uh, interesting, I, I should say. But um, but why was he casing this prop? I mean, there was a lot to why he perpetrated these murders. But we got to hear the whole race war and the druggie. They were just a bunch of hippies, right? A bunch of crazy hippies. Um, but was this more about influencing what would become female assassins? Was was he in a program for um, um, brainwashing that resulted in possibly a hit squad that they were even going to use for other reasons? 
um, they were they were orchestrated to put obviously certain context at the murder scene that would point people into a direction. Right. But was there more to that? Was the hippie commune sort of ruled by this black magic that was occurring with the process church and their involvement with the process church process church starts in San Francisco where Manson was all of a sudden comes down and has a field office in Los Angeles and several drug runs to tell you the truth that were kind of interesting that go along with the whole Mena, Arkansas drug running operation that the CIA had. That's kind of strange too. And so I'll, I'll talk about that in a second, but But how much of this that we didn't get told at the time could even result in uh, the fact that Sharon Tate might have knew something about Sirhan Sirhan, about the Robert Robert Kennedy assassination. And there were some people, according to the Immigration and Naturalization Service report, the English Satanist, you know, Satanist group that had commissioned Manson to kill Sharon because of something that she unfortunately had overheard that she was not supposed to overhear uh, in regards to the Sirhan Sirhan or about Sirhan Sirhan and this program. That's kind of that interests me, um, the, that contention that this English cult had invited Sirhan Sirhan to L.A. parties and one party took place at Sharon Tate's residence. That's that connection to uh, Robert Kennedy assassination. And that same place where sexual ritualistic you know, rights had occurred, along with a lot of heavy drug use. CIA was really stellar at getting a lot of drugs out, too, at this, during this time. So that is something to think about as far as being a hit instead of just a bunch of crazy hippies that focused on Sharon Tate for some unknown reason. Right. It's a, it's kind of a loose thread. And so I wanted to bring that up just because there's a lot of there's a lot of things about this. But let me let me talk about uh, process church that fell apart eventually in 74, but suddenly got out of the public eye a couple of days after Sirhan Sirhan, Robert Kennedy assassination. Um, shortly after Air America, that was CIA's airline, okay, widely reported to have been involved in drug smuggling, particularly from South America to Clinton territory, to Clinton territory, um, and had its uh, operating authority canceled by the Civilian Aviation Board. Well, they were island hopping in three different pretty strategic locations. First, Bahamas. That was known as, and still, I mean, capital of Bahamas, Nassau, which is the um, drug money, <laughs> drug money capital. There's, you know, what's interesting about that, just a side note about the Bahamas, you know, you had these mysterious deaths in Dominican Republic and all these different places. So what, where are people going right now? A lot more are going to the Bahamas. They're being driven to go to the Bahamas because they're a little worried about going into some of these areas because some deaths have occurred. Uh, you know, you have Cancun, you have uh, Dominican Republic, and some of these places have been in the news. And so it's kind of interesting that traffic is being driven a little bit more to the Bahamas. Kind of interesting. I thought I'd mention that. I was just kind of putting pieces together going, oh, that's kind of strange that it keeps cropping up in my news stories. But uh, the Yucatan, um, Mexico, that's where the South American drugs come into Mexico on land of the Guatemalan border. And then New Orleans. You think about New Orleans during this time, and New Orleans was what? If you go back to Dr. Mary's Monkey, that book I talk about a lot on the show because it it unveiled a lot about what was going on in New Orleans at this time with drugs and and, um, with Lee Harvey Oswald, connection to JFK, right? Obviously. This is kind of interesting that this was the other location that this processed church, these three locations, Bahamas, the Yucatan, and, and New Orleans, they were... They were doing some, oh, I don't know, um, 
uh, runs, let's say, some plane runs, okay, possibly involved in the same kind of connections, the Air America CIA um, drug running operation that they had that uh, we're very familiar with, with that Tom Cruise movie to Arkansas, Mina, Arkansas, where drugs were dropped, okay? Was the Process Church heavily involved in that? Kind of interesting. Heavily involved with Manson, right? Followed Manson's trail um, right after he moved to L.A. They moved to L.A. But it's just kind of strange that a lot of the people that Manson hung out with, a lot of people I've mentioned uh, in, this, in this hour, were involved with that, uh, with that Process Church. And were they involved with not only um, some of their black magic stuff, but also the drugs, the drug running and the drugs. And so they set up branches in Boston and San Francisco as well after those three main spots. But I'll tell you what, there's 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 a lot of info on this. The book Chaos covers this a lot. It covers it a lot. And it goes into Manson's past into the uh, federal programs run by the CIA. And was Manson a part of that? In fact, um, you know, you know, it goes kind of heavily into the fact that um, he was under their uh, control um, through parole and through these programs. And that's this is exactly why he didn't go back into uh, prison. And so he sort of transformed from this very unremarkable federal, uh, you know, parolee who could barely read or write into this Manson that was in charge of this cult of hippies that did what he wanted to do, right? Charisma, magnetism is how they describe him. And, uh, and can, he, can he infiltrate and get people to commit murders? Well, sure, right? Well, sure. And so there was a deep dive done by uh, Tom O'Neill, who wrote the book Chaos, as he was trying to document all of this, going back into this 30-year anniversary at the time that he wrote this in 99, and he was saying, you know, there is so much there in 1967 and 1968 when it comes to Manson that was never, ever talked about in the press, but that he was very much um, Roger, under Roger Smith's control. This was the only um, that was the parole officer only had Manson and that was the only person that he had as a parole officer. That is kind of strange. And that uh, in uh, 67 and 68, there was a lot of drug research exposing Manson on a lot of elements of uh, society as a parole officer. People should know. People should know about him. Right. And that Jolly West, the same doctor that was involved with Jack Ruby, had some connections to Manson, too. Um, And then, of course, uh, there was the big program at Haight-Ashbury. So. The Hate Ashbury program. Um, everybody, uh, everybody knew. Um, you know, of course, this Hate Ashbury free medical clinic is what they called it. But they were very much open to a big influx of youth. When I say that people were under some of these drug programs that ended up um, being some of these people that were kind of told to go start a protest here, start a protest there. When we think of the 60s, we go, oh, this was a revolution. People, everyone everywhere was full of angst and, and wanted to protest and, 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 and was in this hippie culture. Well, that's not true. You and I both know that, right? Look around the country. But I think that it's kind of interesting at that time, in that place, how many things perpetuated from that place. And Manson surely did. And so I think there needs to be uh, some some concentration on that. In fact, Tom O'Neill tried to get this out to a lot of different people. 
and and a lot of people, even when talking about Manchurian candidates and the CIA secret research project and all of these things going on, even Seymour Hirsch at the time writing for New York Times, right? He was a journalist, um, still trying to write about all of this. It was very difficult to get this out. Nobody wanted to talk about it. They didn't want to talk about testing LSD on humans. And they were so busy testing LSD on humans, they would even test it on ex-cops. They would even test it on cops just to see what they would do um, having these LSD experiences. So I say all of this. There's so much more to this. Um, I'm going to have James Hassan on the show. We're going to be talking about the military. But we could get back into this. Uh, there's, There's definitely more I could say. Maybe I'll even do a special podcast on it. I don't know. But there's more dots that I didn't have time to get to in this hour. I wish I would have. But I think we need to realize that that they there was a lot of documentation that Tom O'Neill uncovered that they knew about the murders beforehand. The movie that Sharon Tate was in, um, actually, the whole narrative of that movie is very um, kind of strange because it goes along with the same narrative of what actually transpired and happened. It was, it's very, very weird. But the whole thing is, is that they knew that... Uh, they did not do a raid when they were supposed to do a raid and blamed it on a bad warrant. And that isn't true, that there was a lot of information that came out that they knew the murders were going to happen and that they were very orchestrated to happen. Charles Manson still is who he is. Um, as far as even, you know, in death, we know that that uh, that that he was in charge of that and that we know that these people did the murder. I'm not questioning that. What I'm questioning is, is who was at the helm in the very beginning of that and maybe who orchestrated it? What kind of programs was uh, Manson involved in? Because a lot of clear evidence that he was part of uh, the Haight-Ashbury program. And that could tell you a lot why Manson was not brought into custody many times when he should have been, okay, as a as a parolee. So I'll leave it there for right now. I might I might get into a little bit more if we have time in the next hour. But wow, there's so much there that people don't realize. And uh, maybe some drug running, um, just a whole lot of operations going on at the time. It's good to connect dots and it's good to say, you know, why are people still being protected today? Why is Roman Polanski still being protected today by a lot of Hollywood stars that you might want to question their motives? Kind of like the people that are that are bashing Trump. Why are they bashing Trump? Does it have to do with maybe some involvement in their own right? Who knows of uh, all that stuff Epstein was doing. All right. Be right back. Have you been struggling with erectile dysfunction? Hi, guys. It's Andrew with Wasatch Medical Clinic. There is now a breakthrough and long-lasting fix for erectile dysfunction that does not require medication, injections, or surgery. You heard that right. No more pills. This new treatment is called acoustic wave therapy. It utilizes an FDA-cleared device that is clinically proven to increase blood flow, exactly what you need more of if you have ED. With just a few short treatments in our clinic, you can eliminate erectile dysfunction completely. Call in the next three minutes, and we'll give you the initial doctor's exam, assessment, and blood flow ultrasound totally free. That's a $300 value. Call now, 435-922-7000. That's 435-922-7000. If you have erectile dysfunction and you're sick of the pills, call Wasatch Medical. Timely, credible, thoughtful discussion. This is the Loving Liberty Radio Network. 